The following program is intended for mature audiences. The time is now for the hardest hit. Yet completely trivial. Football show on the planet. You are in rarefied territory. Ladies and gentlemen, well, well to the broken helmet. Let's rock. Coming to you live on tape on this Monday, August 16th. It is the Broken Helmet. And now, now we're cooking with some gas. Well, then again, maybe not. Maybe not. You know, preseason week one is is done and done. And the only real cooking with gas that took place was in the parking lots. Because almost... All those games stunk. Seriously. Not much you can glean from those contests that took place Thursday through Sunday, actually. They they gave you four days of it. But not a whole lot. Second, third, fourth stringers. These... Offenses, not full installs. Defense is not really showing you much. I mean, some games were better than others. You know, offhand, the Pats-Washington's game, I thought was good. Steelers-Eagles, Bears-Dolphins, Packers-Texans, Chiefs-49ers. Those games gave you a little bit more to chew on because they they played some of their starters in those games. So, and, I, well, Steelers-Eagles, maybe not, but you did get to see Joe Flacco in his return to fame. He played and blew it up, Joey. After earning all those millions all those years back, you're playing on the Eagles preseason squad. Uh, nothing like a backup job. Man, that guy really just made a shit ton of money. Good for you, Joe. Uh, you know, Bears and Dolphins, you got to see battle of the rookie second-year quarterbacks. Packers-Texans, you got to see basically Tyra Taylor, right? Because uh, Deshaun Watson is not going to play. Sexual Chocolate will be out. And then you got to see Jordan Love, which could be the future of the Packers. So you got a little bit in that game. And then Chiefs 49ers... You had Garoppolo start, and then you got yourself a good dose of Trey Lance. So some of these games were gave you a little something and were better than others for the most part. However, these other games were awful. I mean, you could just go down the list. T- Titans, Falcons, forget it. No way. Bills, Lions. I love Dan Campbell, but outside of his quotes, there was nothing in that game. You know, I it looked like there was a bunch of turds on the field. He says there's none on the roster, but God, on the field, it looked like there was a ton of them. Cowboys, Cardinals, uh, Broncos, Vikings. Broncos, Vikings was okay. You got to see Drew Locke a little bit. He looked okay. Browns, Jags gave you a little something because you got to see Trevor Lawrence there under center for the Jags. Saints, Ravens, I don't know. If, if you're into the Saints and trying to figure out who's going to play quarterback for them, Jets and Giants. Oh, I was at that one. That one was brutal. Brutal. A monster 12-7 
12-7 was the final in that one. Bengals, Buccaneers. Uh, we talked about those. Seahawks, Raiders. Chargers, Rams. And then Panthers, Colts. I, I just... Again, this is a story that you've heard everybody and their brother talk about, but what a complete screw job it is to season ticket holders to have them buy one or two of these outings because the teams, it's just great. You're the customer, buddy. Give us your cash. And from the fans, it's nothing but watching terrible football and watching your money go right into a 55-gallon drum and then just burn in front of your eyes in the parking lot as everybody's pounding beers, breaking tables, whatever they do, wherever they are. I actually went to, like I had mentioned before, I went to the Giants-Jets game. And the Giants-Jets game, for those not in the know, not locally based, but it always was the best of the preseason games. So old preseason, four weeks, Week three was always the dress rehearsal. You got a solid half, if not a little bit more, of the starters. So it was always the game to go to. And week three used to be Giants and Jets. So North Jersey, New York area, you've got a ton of Jets, ton of Giant fans. So that game was always a sellout. Always a great parking lot environment, good tailgates, the rest And you got to see the starters play, and it was fun. Now, this year, they go to the the 17-game schedule. So they get rid of one of the preseason games. I mean, thank God, because who needs four? But as a result, they moved this Jets-Giants to the preseason opener. And you took what was really, what was once a really cool event and just turned it into a complete garbaggio game. Tailgate was great. We went, there's, I mean, you're not going to see this in other stadiums because you can look on the TV and see how little fans were at games. I think it was the, maybe it was the Lions game uh, I was watching that I looked in the stands, and it was, I mean, you'd be lucky if there was a thousand people at the game, it looked like. It was so bad. But Jets-Giants... You had a packed house because, remember, it's very easy to fill this preseason game since you're dealing with two teams in the same local area split between the AFC and NFC. So you get 50% of the stadium Giants, 50% of the stadium Jets, and you're dealing with a stadium that usually is, what, 80-90% of any given team. That week, very easy to do. So you got a sold-out preseason game. Like I said, it was a great environment. And so here, full-fledged traffic jams, getting into the joint, trouble finding parking. I mean, it was the pre-COVID vibes of an NFL football tailgate. And then you walk to the stadium and you get to the pearly white gates of an NFL stadium. and, And you take your keys and your wallet and you put them in the, in the dish. You walk through the metal detector. You take them all back and ah, you go in. You, here you go. Here's my $40 for a beer and give me my uh, you know super expensive popcorn. And then you sit down and you get ready and you watch basically garbage. 
just hot garbage. But, you know, none of this is new. We have known about the preseason issues for eons. I think it just felt a little bit more amplified this year because, for whatever reason, it really didn't feel like a lot of people played more so than in years past. But that could be my mind playing tricks on me. Uh, I'm not sure. But that's just the way it felt after watching all the games. The other thing that you do realize when you are watching the preseason games is that the localized play-by-play broadcast is really, really, really a step down from what you're usually accustomed to. There was one game I came across, and I forget which game it was, but I think it was Kevin Harlan was doing the play-by-play, and it was it was like, holy shit. I, I mean, I, something I can actually listen to. Something I can actually, somebody that actually knows what they're doing. No knock on everybody. It's not an easy thing if you ever try to do play-by-play. I tried once when I was in my master's program down at University of Miami, and it was terrible. I, I did volleyball, I think. I either did volleyball and basketball, or maybe it was just basketball. I forget. It was one of the two or double. And I, Adam Azer, who is the host of the CBS Sports Podcast, saved my ass because he was really good at it, and I was not. So anyway, it's not an easy thing to do. But you definitely can tell the B squad from the A squad, and you get a full dose of that when you're watching these preseason games on NFL Game Pass, or if you're localized and you happen to be watching it on your local whatever PIX or CBS affiliate or whoever might have them, uh, you know, in your hometown. But um, hopefully. As the weeks progress here, the play-by-play is still going to suck, but hopefully the football gets better. And um, I don't know when they're going to be doing the dress rehearsal. I would imagine at this point that the dress rehearsal will probably be week three, if at all. I just think that going forward now with the three preseason games and the way they conduct camps and with injury factors... I just think this is going to be more the norm, is that you're just going to see piecemeal series from starters here and there. I don't know if you'll ever get the typical week three dress rehearsal anymore. Maybe you will. We're going to find out uh, this year. But you know they're not going to do it in week three because that's going to be the week before the game starts. So they're not going to want anybody to get hurt at that point. So then it's going to be week two is going to be it. Right, And so it's going to be this upcoming week. So if you get uh, another uh, tasty treat this week, then you would imagine that that's just it for the preseason because you're not going to get it in week three. So, all right, let's go to the actual games and take a look. You know, because I I was listening around to podcasts today and hearing what other people had to say. And, I mean, it was a lot of the same comments. There's not much you can glean from these games. I said gleam. I'm going to say gleam five more times in this podcast. Start counting. Um, That you can glean from this game. game Other than quarterbacks, basically injuries, quarterbacks, maybe some second, third-year players, performances, right? I know that they're... Actually, more so than years past, I've heard a ton of people talking about gambling with the preseason. And I guess a lot of people favored the unders in week one because you couldn't really 
ever hope to score a ton of points with these teams as piecemeal as they are with their installs and the rosters and sitting actual starters. So, and if you look at these scores, I dead on the money. Now, I don't know who's investing in preseason betting. I, I never have. I don't know if I ever will. Um, I you know because I don't some of these probably were unders, but I can't imagine they all were. I some of these scores. 13 to 6, 12 to 7, 26 to 7. Uh, but there were other ones where you got Pittsburgh, Philly, 24 16. That's good for 40 points. New England, Washington, 22 13. That was good for 30, 35. Um, Denver, Minnesota was 33 to 6. So that was good for 40, uh, whatever. Uh, 30, I'm sorry, I'm doing the math wrong, 39. Um, So that was close to 40. Did we get any that were above 40? No. So anyway, that obviously is one 21-18. That was Indianapolis, Carolina. That gives you 39. So that was about 40. So obviously everybody was big on the unders this week. I don't know if that will continue uh, as they get more practice under their, under their, uh, what would you get practice under? Under your skin? Uh, under, I don't know. And they get more practice in them. How about that? We'll just cut out the whole shit and we'll just make it really simplistic since I stammered and couldn't find the word. So uh, as they get more practice in them, you would imagine that the offenses and defenses would be a little better, hopefully leading to some more scoring, but who knows. Again, you're into preseason gambling. All the power to you. I think the other thing that they were talking about in regard to preseason gambling was some of the spreads. And I specifically listening to pro football talk, and not pro football talk, pro uh, whatever, pro football focus. And what is it? The PFF forecast, I think, is their gambling show. And those two guys on that show do a pretty solid job. And they were talking about teasing the games and teasing bigger spreads up and then taking the team that had the ton of points. So, you know, get, getting a game that's two and a half, teasing it up to eight, you know, and, and taking the other team. So I'm sure there are other avenues that you might be able to get an edge. Edge, edge. That's what's the hot word that uh, has been pilfered from every other kind of gambling or, you know, stockbrokers have an edge. Poker players have an edge. Now, NFL gamblers have an edge. Everybody's got a fucking edge. So, um, but I don't know. I There's probably other edge is you can get uh, from these preseason games. I'm going to stick to the regular season. I have a, a n- enough difficulty doing it that way. So, um, other than preseason, it was basically rookies and a lot of the quarterbacks. And if you go through it, you know, depending on which games you watched and which ones you didn't, Mac Jones, to me, I thought looked good. If not spectacular, but good. Justin Fields, I thought looked really good. Um, again, I don't know if anybody had a spectacular day, but the ones that I thought looked the best were Mac Jones, Justin Fields. Trevor Lawrence was only there for two series, but I thought he looked good. Um, I, I don't know if I would say great. He's probably on par with Fields and Jones. They all did kind of this similar. They ran the offense. They ran it efficiently. They didn't throw too many shit balls. 
Uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, I think he got sacked a couple of times. I, I forget the game details. Um, but he was able to survive in there, got a couple of plays off. Trey Lance and Zach Wilson. Now, Trey Lance you saw all over the highlights because he had this big bomb um, to number 84. I don't know 84's name by hand. Um, but And then the localized broadcast team was saying how Trey Lance in practices has been locking up with him. And, you know, maybe it's a fantasy thing that you might want to grab. Who knows? Uh, again, if Trey Lance doesn't play, then there's not much, uh, you know, point in trying to leverage that, but if you're thinking about a really deep, deep, deep quarterback wide receiver tandem, then I guess if you're going to get Trey Lance, then you might look to get Trent Sherfield. That is his name. Trent Sherfield. He is the fifth, fourth year uh, wide receiver out of Vandy. Out of Vandy. So he had the big 80-yard bomb. So that highlight you saw all over the television. The rest of the game... I didn't think Trey Lance looked good at all, be completely honest. And if you look at his stats, it shows because I five for fourteen with that one touchdown. Uh, he also took four sacks, but the other throws were not great. They were inaccurate in the dirt, off the side. He just I did not think that the rest of his performance looked good. Zach Wilson didn't necessarily look bad, but he just looked. Average, right? I, I mean, if you put Zach Wilson and Sam Darnold, they probably compare arms, say Wilson's better, but I mean, both not spectacular. Um, I don't know if you, know, you can't off one game, you know, compare Zach Wilson to Sam Darnold. I'm just saying, of the two quarterbacks right now, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, well, you, you had one, now you have the other, and they didn't seem that different, at least in one preseason game. So, other quarterbacks that looked good that were second year, I would say Drew Locke. If you watch the um, the Vikings uh, played the Broncos, I thought that Drew Locke looked decent. I thought Jordan Love looked decent. Um, J- Jameis Winston looked way better than Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill looked terrible. Dwayne Haskins had big numbers in their game versus the Eagles. Steelers played the Eagles. Haskins got in there and played a ton and had big numbers. And that was the same game Flacco actually had numbers too. But I watched that Steeler game after the fact. And so I was curious to watch Haskins because I'd seen the stats. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, Haskins kind of blew it up. And if you're reading stories today, you'll see that now they said he's getting first-team reps uh, after having his good game. Well, I watched that game, and I'm waiting for Haskins to blow up and get some of these stats. It gets to halftime, and he doesn't have any numbers up there. And then at that point, I just started laughing. I said, oh, so he beat up on the third and the fourth string defense. Who gives a shit? I mean that's not something to put all the in all these headlines. I mean, wow, look at that. Dwayne Haskins mopped up in the fourth quarter. Uh, I mean, obviously the guy needs a win, right? So uh kudos for him after having a, a rough go in Washington. Uh self-inflicted wounds there. But you have to do more than beat up on the third and fourth fourth team defenses in the late quarters. 
in order to warrant those accolades. Uh, the one quarterback that I looked at that I just I'm feel so bad for this guy because from what I see on my television and the years of watching football, Tua is not the guy. He simply is not the guy. He did not look good again. I didn't think he looked good last year. I did not think he looked good on Saturday. Was it Saturday when they played? And his throwing, he's a lefty, and lefties always have that funky throwing motion, but he just looks bad. I mean, he, he looks completely bust-worthy. Tough to jump out that early and just out of a preseason game, but it's more or less just confirmation of what I had seen last year that I had thought I saw, which was not so good. Uh, not a great quarterback. So Tua, I thought in that game, did not look good, and I... Their backup, though, is Jacoby Brissett. Now, Jacoby Brissett, look, he is journeyman backup quarterback at this point. But for somebody who, at the time, if I'm not mistaken, right, he was the third stringer because it was Brady, Garoppolo, and then Brissett. I mean, he's made quite a career for himself in the NFL. And when you watch him play, again, this was like when you were watching um, Fitzy Fitzmagic last year, you watch the veteran get in there and then you compare what you saw there to what you see with Tua and you just say, shit, that other guy's better, man. The other guy's better. And I said that about Fitzmagic and I'm saying it now about Brissett. He just looked better than Tua did. But maybe regular season turns around and everything looks different. But right now, out of week one, it looks like Tua has got a big uphill climb ahead of him if he wants to reach the status of starting quarterback that warrants everything that was related to tank for Tua. Remember that. That was not that long ago. Um, Other rookies that played well, not a quarterback. Javante Williams, he played because... um, Gordon's battling a groin, if I'm not mistaken. And so Williams played, and I thought Williams looked really good. I thought he looked really good. Way better than another rookie running back who got featured a little bit, and that was Trey Sermon. So Trey Sermon got featured in that 49er game, and I was not that impressed. But I watched Williams, and it was, whoa, look, this guy's got some wheels here. You know, he made a couple of nice runs outside, uh, was able to turn it up, get some yardage. So, you know, comparing those two, Williams looked a hell of a lot more impressive to me. Uh, groin injury for Gordon, who is always banged up. So you think think that he would get more playing time as the year progressed here. Uh, Ramon, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher this name. Ramonde, Ramondre Stevenson. He was the rookie that Belichick picked. Um, which some people had their heads scratching because I think it was up high. I think it was like a fourth-round pick that he invested when he's got a whole ton of running backs right now, especially Damon Harris, who they drafted after they drafted uh, Sony Michelle. But Stevenson had a great game and looked good in that game. He had that big one monster run. Um, I'm not mistaken. I think it was a... 
I, I think he took it to the house. Uh, let's see. His longest run here was 91. Yeah, he had two, two touchdowns. So he was 10 for 127 with two touchdowns and that 91-yarder. So I thought he looked good. Najee Harris only had a couple of carries in his game. But again, I think he had one catch, two carries. He looked good. Uh, that's two games that you watch him play and you said, you know what? He's going to be a solid player, solid running back, um, at least from the get-go. How he develops after that, who knows, but looks good right now. Michael Carter got featured a bunch for the Jets. Nothing spectacular, but uh, they did feature him for a bunch of carries. So he got in the mix a little bit. And then the rookie cornerback, Pat Sertain, too. Uh, Pat Sertain, the child of NFL great Pat Sertain. Um, he had a pick and went to the house with it. So that was money in the bank. And so he looked good for, you know, where he got drafted by the Broncos. And at the time, I know Bronco fans and, you know, a lot of pundits were looking for the Broncos to go in other directions. They end up taking Sertan, and he got a touchdown out right out of the gate. So that's really what was involved in week one football. I, I mean, there's really not a whole lot. I mean, you could go through these games and try to chew, chew them up. But, I mean, there just wasn't a whole lot of meat there on the bones. Uh, you know, maybe Mac Jones, you know, playing. He was 13 for 19 uh, for 87 yards uh, in that New England Patriots game. Might be the thing that you focus on the most because Cam Newton... He still looks like he's got some kind of arm issue. So if they don't have some kind of big, giant offensive plan that is in the, you know, in the hopper that they weren't able to unleash last year because of the COVID issue, if there's nothing super secretive that they've got just waiting to gift the NFL public and Patriot fans... You could see a very clear avenue for Mac Jones getting in there and being the starter. Uh, The other possible starter week one, which you knew was going to come, was going to be uh, Lance Fields out in Chicago with Andy Dalton because I saw that story already today. And I thought Fields looked good. He also got... All of the playing time. I mean, Andy Dalton was 2 for 8. Justin Fields was 14 for 20. So he was in there. But he did look good. So um, I do think that the way that the Bears are set up, I don't know if they would make that jump week one, even if Fields looked great in the preseason. I, I almost feel as though this is just set up for Dalton to take on the front end of the schedule. And then go to fields down the line when it you know the season's either lost or Dalton is just that bad. And you got Nick Foles just sitting on the bench like what the hell am I doing here? Um so I you know the fields Dalton is going to be another question like Mac Jones versus Cam and those are two contests that you'll have to wait and and see out. Um you know but other than that I I don't there wasn't a whole lot in these games and you could Again, talk about these for hours on end if you really wanted to chop it up, but I didn't really see a whole lot, and I didn't think it was really worth talking about. But those things were of note, and I guess if I'm going to plug anything and 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 give my two cents, 
I'm going to say go get the Game Pass. It's a hundred bucks for the year through NFL, whatever through the NFL app. Uh, you probably go to NFL.com, and for a hundred bucks, you get to rewatch. Every single game, every single week, you can watch either the full broadcast, if you like all the long-form talk, you can watch the condensed version, which is snapped tackle, or you can watch the Alt-22, uh, which if you want to you know, be a pseudo-coach and really get into analytics and talk about it, then you can watch the Alt-22 and see all the funky camera angles. But that's the best way to, to go. And in the preseason, if you get that game pass, you will get all of the preseason games streamed live for free, and you can also watch the games after the fact, which is what I did to watch all these games. And uh, you could watch it yourself, and you can see about the uh, the stinky, stinky, stinky uh, preseason week one that was. But um, now let's hop off of the preseason, and we'll just take a quick look-see at what else was going on around the league. And there was not a whole hell of a lot. Uh, Falcons became the first team to have all their players vaccinated. All right. Kudos to you. That means that uh, you're going to be able to have people pop test and hopefully get them back in 48 hours. Deshaun Watson. Oh, this story just won't go away. Well, this guy now missed practice today. Uh, there's nothing more to this Deshaun Watson story because he's not playing. So if you want to see what the the Texans are going to look like this year, go watch the week one game pass of the Texans versus Jordan Love and the Packers, and you can watch Tyrod Taylor play quarterback and see how your season's going to look because that's what it's going to be. Uh, he didn't. He missed practice today. Last week, he he was like at practice, but he wasn't performing. And then he got mad at the reporters and said, "What are you taking a picture of? It's like this every damn day." Whatever. You can just feel. You can feel the. You can feel it. You can feel the heat from the boiling water. Uh, that is going to take place all around Deshaun Watson this year. Uh, Nick Bosa is coming back from injury, so it looks like he's going to be likely for week one. And on the defensive side of the ball, Jets defensive tackle Quinnen Williams returned to practice today, so they got him back. Uh, 49ers side linebacker Michael Kendricks. Do you remember this guy? So this guy played for the Eagles, was really good. He then got signed to go to Seattle, if I'm not mistaken. Seattle, it was two years ago. And he got accused of an insider trading scam. And in his response, he went to Instagram or Twitter and gave like a recorded statement about it in which he basically admitted that he did commit insider trading. Suck him, motherfucker! And so he ended up, I, it was something stupid. I think he had to do one day in jail or something like that. But anyway, he's come back, and he was good. Uh, I don't know if he's over the hill yet, but anyway, the 49ers signed him, picked him up, and threw him on their sideline for stock tips and a couple tackles. So Justin Jefferson, he returned to practice. He had that AC joint. I was worried about that the other, the other day, other week, when I saw it because, as I said on the podcast, he was writhing around in pain like he was really hurt. Well, he's back at practice today, so it looks like that. That might not be terrible. And in the sound bite of the day, although I couldn't find sound on it, um, uh, so it might be the quote of the day, it is coming out of Jets camp. And it's from C.J. Mosley, who says, P. 
people are sleeping on the Jets. And if people come with that same mentality, they're going to get their ass blown out. Give me a hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't expect that at all. I actually can't believe what I just saw. They're going to get their ass blown out. There's like three words that are missing in that sentence. I I don't know what exactly he was trying to say. I mean, you're going to get your ass blown out if you go eat bad Mexican food. I I don't know if you're going to get your ass blown out out of a game. I mean, you know, then you're talking about, I I don't even know, maybe the the Blue Oyster bar? You know, whatever it is. C.J. Mosley said, if you come bringing that weak shit, you're going to get your ass blown out. Not exactly what you want to happen during a football game, but on the positive side, you know, it might help you lose a couple of pounds. So maybe the offensive linemen and defensive linemen want to get their ass blown out and help them keep their weight. As for the rest of us, we are uh, done talking about things blowing out your ass. Nobody is blowing anything out their ass. Anybody? Anybody? The movie? Movie? I don't know if I did the quote justice, but uh, come on, drum roll. Great outdoors. Great outdoors. They're all having the fight. Raymond, you go blow it out your ass and the wife comes. Anyway, I digress. So enjoy the rest of your day, and I will talk to you this week. Hopefully, later in the week, we'll do our final section of fantasy football, which will be the wide receivers, and that will wrap up the the fantasy football 2021 and we get that third install done and then i think i'll put all those together and give a fantasy megapod that uh a post for all of your listening and fantasy pleasures so anyway enjoy the day talk to you later peace out of 5000